but did it resonate with you guys? You know? Yeah, it, it, it did well at Cannes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Welcome to episode 9 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for, well, you decide, as this is yet another effing marketing podcast. I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, and you can find us at Rockstar CMO on Twitter or rockstarcmo.com. This episode was recorded on Friday the 8th of May. We are still in lockdown at the Rockstar CMO penthouse here in London. And thank you for sharing your lockdown with us. I hope you are safe and well. In this week's episode, I dip into the latest issue of rockstarcmo.com, the Welcome to Jamrock issue, and take a flip through its virtual pages and share with you an article that I think you should take a look at. I also chat to Ahmed Hassan, who regular listeners will know from a previous episode, and who steered the digital strategy for one of my favourite brands, Jaguar Land Rover. We also have a new regular segment from one of my favourite people as we take a break from all this talk of the new normal and ask Robert Rose, what are you drinking? Let's get started, shall we? The article I'd like you to take a look at from the latest issue of Rockstar CMO is by Jane Scandura, who's a marketing consultant and coach based in New York. She's a regular contributor with a fantastic point of view. And in this issue, she talks about marketing to the consumers who have moved from FOMO, fear of missing out, to FOGO, fear of going out, and the empathy we as marketers need in understanding that. It's a good read. She quotes Mark Manson, author of the best-selling book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F going to let you use your imagination again and what that F stands for. And she explores the delicate balance we as marketers will need to maintain as we learn to live with this and the virus. Check it out under the latest issue tab at rockstarcmo.com. I will, of course, include a link to it in the show notes. Okay, so next up, I chat to Ahmed Hassan, an industry buddy of mine as head of digital at Spark 44. He worked with one of my favorite brands, Jaguar Land Rover. We regularly get together virtually now, of course, and I asked him to return to the podcast and share some of our most recent conversations. So welcome back to Rockstar CMO, Ahmed. Um, Nice to hear from you again. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Ian, thanks for having me back again. Um, Yep, I'm um, I'm obviously in, in isolation like the rest of the country and pretty much the world. Yeah. So I'm uh, very hairy, hairy, probably suffering from terrible garlic odours. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about what I smell like. Well, so you seem to be taking the isolation thing very seriously then. <laughs> As <everybody is. laughs> it, so, so the garlic is a technique for social distancing. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's, well, it's funny, Ricky, because of course you know you can put as many cloves as you want in your uh, in your yeah. morning breakfast or whatever it is you yeah. right? Because yeah. there's no one to be bothered by it. So uh, you know, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, that seems to be a, a positive outlook on, on where we where we're sitting. Um, <laughs> the reason why I wanted to have you back is we were chatting the other day on the phone, and um, we were chatting about some of the uh, trends that happen in the marketing at the mo- at the moment. And I said, "Can I capture these on the podcast?" And you delightfully said yes. So I'm going to start with the first topic we were talking about. And that was, we were talking about interest, consumer interest versus consumer intent. Yeah. It, um, share with uh, our listeners what it was we were saying about that. Yeah. So um, 
it's you know, obviously being being kind of stuck uh, stuck indoors as we all are. Um, you know, you tend to you know, gorge a little bit on on television. Um, <laughs> it is a great escape in many ways. You don't have to think; you just kind of watch what's in front of you. And um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ads that kind of roll through. Obviously, that you, you can't avoid sometimes. And um, you know, you sit there and you wonder about the purpose of, of a lot of the advertising and. Very little of it, if any of it, actually holds any interest uh, to me whatsoever. In fact, I tend to mute out of, of mm. most of it as, as it's playing through, and that's actually been a uh, something I've noticed for for quite a long time. It's not you know it's not new, and not not just because of the situation. And it really does highlight the need for um, for brands to really focus on providing communications that that really you know invoke an interest. In an audience and, and, and a potential customer, right? And you know, when you think about it, it's it's something that has to, you know, really get get those kind of get get perhaps get the creative juices or the you know the the wouldn't it be nice juices kind of flowing mm-hmm. in that in that potential market. Um, but very quickly, it needs to kind of move into into that intent marketing, and that is the understanding. Okay, so I, I think. I like this product. You know, it was a really interesting uh, ad that I saw. I'd like to know more about it. And then, in that uh, desire or ambition for that potential customer to to learn more, really provide what it what the intent is for that customer throughout that engagement with your brand. So, if, if my intent as a customer is to literally just to learn more, then then provide uh-huh. the facilities for me to be able to do that. Um, and if it is to, you know, ultimately, you know, move to a purchase or find a place to purchase, you know, make that step easy. You know, it really is about, you know, focusing on that, on that, you know, that customer experience, yeah. uh, that need state and filling that need state um, as quickly and as effectively as possible without all the fluff of um, that, that tends to come with a lot of kind of historic advertising. Mm. <clears throat> I think it's interesting. I think um, when we were chatting the other day, we were talking about that, sometimes your interest can get confused for intent, right? So um, you show an interest on something in, on one tab in, in your browser, and then all of a sudden it's confused interest with intent, and you're getting very targeted Facebook ads. So <laughs> I say very targeted. I obviously mean that completely incorrectly. <laughs> Carpet bombed with Facebook ads. Yeah, stalking ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, and uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you say about that, about the fact that, is that that's the important part of the customer journey, right? Yeah, this has been a bugbear of mine for a while, and it, it, yeah. it flabbergasts me that it still exists as a method of of, of advertising. To, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, and and frankly, should somehow be banned because it's there's it's it's lazy advertising. There's no thinking mm-hmm. really whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. Cookie dropped, you know, you showed them show this thing. Let's just keep bombarding you, bombarding, bombarding. Yeah. With no, you know, without actually any acknowledgement of whether you in fact, in fact might have purchased something or might not have purchased something, might have actually. Yeah that product from those people or might not have might have bought it from someone else you know it's it's just true laziness and i think you're right it's you might have just had a a passing curiosity of you know thinking maybe in a few years time i might want to as i did a few years back i might want to change the flooring in my house and move to an oak flooring and then for months after you know these oak wood floor ads were following me around you know yeah yeah it's actually it's quite it's quite it's quite frustrating and to a certain extent i wonder how, how many people it turns off as opposed to you know, helps, yeah. helps drive a sale through. Yeah, well, it drives me mad because as part of my day job, I'm often researching things for clients. 
And then all of a sudden, Facebook thinks this is what I'm interested in. Yeah. And um, it has no it has no idea about intent or who I am at that moment. I am, you know, the person being social on Facebook. I am not the consultant looking after my client at that point. Yeah. It doesn't understand that difference. No. And the consequence is, is that, you know, the Googles, et cetera, the world, you know, coming up with with ad blocking software, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and all these various um, kind of programs to protect and limit, you know, data and data usage and access. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 you know, by that kind of that, that, that lazy, um, ignorant sort of method of marketing, you know, they've actually created a worse world for themselves now where mm-hmm. the opportunity to learn about people is yeah. dramatically uh, restricted. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's kind of created this, you know, it's kind of boy cries all type situation where now they really yeah. are who they're going to market to and they're going to have to do some 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 real, real, um, you know, uh, data leveraged uh, insight to help. Yeah. And, and, and is that something you've done in your past? Uh, because I think the problem with it is, isn't it? It's it's that marketers are very quick to pull the trigger as soon as they know something. Yeah. Um, but you have to sort of step back and be quite um, calm about it. Is that is that what you've done in your work? Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky because I don't come from a traditional kind of marketing advertising background. I actually come from mm-hmm. a background, and um, so my approach to most things is somewhat different. And yeah. when I was at General Electric, you know, we put in place um, the first uh, kind of uh, personalization website um, mm-hmm. around supporting um, users of our products as opposed to necessarily selling to them. On the right. that, if we provide a community of support for for uh, people who have our products who want to know more about this particular area of science. Then yeah. it will it'll help drive more sales through, you know, a respected um, or, or being seen, I should say, as a, as a respected um, area and, and center of excellence mm-hmm. in this particular field. But so that was the, kind of the first dabbling, and then more latterly uh, with Jango Landro, we're kind of trying to drive the same type of approach, which is, yeah. you know, let's focus more on personalization built around, you know, uh, customer needs throughout a purchase journey, as opposed to let's just bombard people with an ad. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, and and that's really um, that's really what the modern marketer calls content marketing today, right? Is is to provide something useful and be the best answer to your consumer's question. Yeah, the, the, the interesting part though is is that the importance of data in in that provision, mm-hmm. and it's the bit that um, you know, that I think is 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 missing the most actually, because people thought, oh, yeah, you know, content marketing that's great, but I don't know how many people actually think about well, what's required in order to deliver content marketing, which mm-hmm. is a connected ecosystem of technology that allows data yeah. between the, 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 those different technologies, um, yeah. feedback that can, that can be analyzed, interpreted to provide an insight that drives the yeah. next kind of marketing action. Um, yeah. And that's the biggest bit that's missing. And, and again, yeah. one of the things we've been trying to do at Jagolandia, we were doing a little bit actually at, at GE as well, uh, and even before, like record banks, you know, it, the, the data is critical. Yeah, to be able to to action, um, you know, the engagement you're trying to trying to. Oh, oh, for sure. And um, I think that I think in some future issue of Rockstar CMO, we will be chucking content marketing into the Rockstar CMO swimming pool, particularly that misnomer. I mean, I was an agency once, and they just thought that producing videos was content marketing. <laughs> no, that isn't it. You know, it's actually understanding the consumer sufficiently that you can be the best answer to them. And that's to your absolute point about the data. Yeah. And it, I mean, even when you talk about content marketing, it's marketing, sorry, it's, it's still quite interesting. The fact that so many, so many marketing departments, uh, ad agents, mm-hmm. so on, still don't have content calendars. They yeah. Don't have any kind of high level structure of what they're going to be delivering no. 
when through what channel and what month yeah. or what brand. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, again, that was something that we were playing around with me and our team yeah. eight years ago, but, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, how can, how can that not have moved forward? And, and you know, that lends into the, th- you know, the, the thinking that um, marketing perhaps needs to catch up with itself. Or yeah, it's yeah. Well, because I think for too long um, they've been stuck in this somewhat. Yeah. Neolithic approach to yeah yeah which is long since uh, long since gone yeah well I'm um when I talk about that I describe that as the hamster wheel you know it's a sort of execution marketing where the activity is the outcome yeah um and and you see it all the time like the other thing about not having a content calendar is a lot of organizations don't have a brand story and I don't mean like this sort of woke washing green bollocks (laughs) I mean who are they and what is it they want people to know about them? Yeah. You know, what's our story and what's the story you want to tell? And if you don't, if you don't define that, how are you going to build a content strategy and content marketing? And yeah. then how are you going to build a content calendar? A content calendar isn't, oh, we've got another white paper coming out on Thursday. Well, what's it about? Who's it for? Who yeah. cares? All that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I, um, I was kind of dabbling with a, with an image in my head there a few, few days ago and, I was, and trying to describe um, the value of, of, of strategies and so on mm-hmm. i thought of it a little bit like a like a jigsaw puzzle you know when you if you buy a jigsaw puzzle and, and you see the picture yeah in the front of the box that's the yeah. okay and yeah. then you know you take all the pieces out yeah and you know the strategy you're going to approach is you're going to start with the frame you know the squat you know the yeah. on the outside that's a strategy and then the execution is you and the family kind of come together and look for square bits and blah blah, blah and that's yeah it. now if there's no vision. So if you don't see the picture, yeah, you can still start with your strategy, but your speed of execution and your capability to deliver it are, you know, hugely impacted because you don't yeah. really know what you're looking for. Um, and it makes it a lot harder to actually be able to deliver anything off that. And I think that's the problem that yeah. we see. Brands don't have the vision. So this, so yeah. this might be what we know we have, to, we know we have to do, um, you know, uh, digital marketing across the channels and we know how to do, well, yeah. but, but there's no consistent, approach built around how those things work together to deliver to whatever that is. I I love that analogy and I haven't heard it from you before and this is why I love talking to you Ahmed um is um because I don't think people some some marketing teams realize that they're actually building a puzzle that the consumer is going to be able to see the end picture and if all you've done is throw a bunch of random jigsaw puzzles pieces on the floor that's what they're going to see yeah yeah Uh, yeah, yeah So that's really interesting. And then, so that sort of, that sort of ties together with something else we were talking about the other day, and that is about how marketing actually is part of sales, actually part of sales support. Now, just a moment ago when we were talking about the interest versus intent, and we were talking about um, Facebook marketing and the sort of ease of marketing pulling the trigger, is that the same thing, or is it, what, what 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 did you mean by the fact that you know marketing is actually part of sales? Yeah, I think. You know, there's, there is that, isn't it? There's the, uh, the folklore uh, adage mm-hmm. out there that says, you know, kind of like a CMO lasts you know, 18 months. Yeah, yeah. It's that, you know, revolving door of roles. And probably what, mm-hmm. the only role, actually, in, in most companies that has such a high and frequent turnover. And yeah. Because historically, you know, marketing has been divorced from, from its key purpose, and that is mm-hmm. to actually support the sale of a product or product. Yeah. And so I think... Um, what needs to and what will dramatically happen in in probably the next um, six months <laughs> to eighteen, mm-hmm. given yeah. the we're in, is 
either either a marketing role to become you know a subservient role to a to a commercial role, mm-hmm. or, or perhaps a CMO role might disappear altogether and it's actually just uh, subsumed into a, a more commercial uh, position because the critical component here is actually delivering um, you know sales ultimately. Yeah, um, and, and and you know there's a short term need for you know immediate sales and a much longer term need obviously for for future growth and future sales and. Yeah. And that really requires um, a, a big focus on, you know, of what of the, of the you know the million of products we we provide. You know, what's a long tail? Yeah. What do we need to sell? Where are we going to sell it? You know, what's in the pipeline for product development that we you know we're going to push out? Where are we going to push that out to? And and yeah. it really needs to support the thinking and the execution of the messaging in that, as opposed to actually trying to um, uh, be a be a function unto itself. You know, where it's only goal is is patting itself on the back at what a pretty picture it put out like mm-hmm. um and that's what i think the change is you know from what i've seen in the in the last you know 12 15 years is that yeah. you know in, in some companies you reckon bankies are you know it, marketing was very much um a sales execution tool and in yeah. other companies it was very much not that it was, it was very much yeah you know in some markets as as kind of like a, just a, a tool to to advertise the existence of a brand in other, yeah. typically the US, I will say much more about actual sales because the US is a much more sales driven. Uh, um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's very, and that was kind of yeah. what I was coming at about, about yeah, yeah. the role of the CMO. I don't know whether it will have such a, a bigger uh, seat at the table as historically it has done because I think there's going to be a greater push for the yeah. commercial element of, uh, of companies than there is for them. Yeah, and, and that's the trend we, we've seen, right, of, of the growth of the chief. The growth of the chief growth officer. Yeah, see what I did there. Um, so, yeah. um, and, and I think that if you're not a CMO who's focused on C-suite objectives, then that's the direction your company is eventually going to take, right? Yeah, exactly right. And I think, you know, you've got to get that balance, haven't you, between yeah. understanding the commercial need and understanding the need for brand visibility, brand recall, you know, top of mind, yeah. and great stuff. And they're yeah. both important, but ultimately it has to be to sell you know, to, to, to sell vehicles or to sell vehicles, to sell yeah. now yeah. and sell products in a year and sell products in five years. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really kind of like the, the, the critical piece, isn't it? It's about getting that yeah. balance. And, and one thing I was talking earlier on about data and data and marketing, one thing that's very, very, become very apparent to me over the last again, few years is the complete lack of understanding of, of data in, in the marketing world. I mean, they understand, you know, certain kind of KPIs, oh, look, we saw mm-hmm. each was X and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it just shows how truly little they understand about, about data and then the depth of data because even KPIs that a lot of, a lot of marketers and companies are kind of rep- reporting or recording are not yeah. the right KPIs to drive the effectiveness of what you're trying to do. No. Um, so, you know, so I think yeah. kind of like, you know, analytics and, and, you know, and data classes might be, uh, might be also a little bit in growth of the next, you know, period of time for the, you know, for the marketing and advertising world because it is a yeah. huge void at the moment. Yeah, and I think um, you make a good point. It's about measuring the right things, right? So it's not just about doing the right things to build out this puzzle, but a lot of people are measuring vanity metrics and rewarding their marketers based on those, but they actually have, there are situations where it has no bearing on what the commercial goals of yeah. the organisation are. No, I mean, I was having a discussion with some, uh, some friends the other day um, and we just actually because I, I for a while back, for quite a few years back, I, I had um, a role in procurement. Um, mm-hmm. In procurement, I had some really good kind of tutors in that as well, kind of really gave me a good, uh, a good background, a good learning there. But 
But when you think about procurement, who are often driven, you know, CFOs, et cetera, often driven to reduce cost. Yeah. Right. That's great. But there needs to be another KPI yeah. that also yeah. measures perhaps operational effectiveness. Yeah. Because, you know, you can all t- you can take out, you know, all the costs you want, but it might significantly impact the effectiveness of the operation that, that, okay. that you're running. So they have to balance, you know, there has to be a KPI that perhaps maybe, okay, great. Talk about reach, but then yeah. talk about the consequent action that followed that, you know, what was the yeah. next best action and how is that measured? And, and let's look at that versus, you know, uh, or in addition yeah. to looking at reach. Oh, for sure. And um, as I think you, you probably know, I, I have this when I'm playing the role of CMO, um, I have these three metrics, awareness, revenue, and trust. Yeah. Uh, and I call it creating art. And, um, we, and and those things ladder up to growth. They ladder up to what it is the C-suite are going to care about. And if you as a marketer can't sit next to the CFO and show how your metrics match up with his, then you're right. He's only going to look at you as a cost. Yeah. Um, whereas I think a CMO's role is to be like an investment fund manager, you know, looking over all of these little things, that they, all these things that they're doing and realizing that some you know that some some of the bets are going to win some of them they're not but you've got to be on top across the piece yeah and then be able to con- to communicate that back to the cfo yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's absolutely yeah, absolutely critical and i do like that awareness revenue and trust because it's a nice way of of kind of kicking off kind of three big core metrics i've seen in companies you know <laughs> so many dashboards executive dashboards yeah. with thousands yeah. of metrics on them and you think what could anybody possibly yeah. honor from any <laughs> Right. Other than yeah. other than a headache, um, yeah. it's you know there's just too much to focus on. You know, I need to really you know kind of break it down to some some kind of core yeah. elements. And I've talked about it before. It's you know in the phrase you know big data. It's not big data that you need to worry about. It's little data. It's yeah. one of those few little things that you can actually activate and measure. Um, yeah. It could be a good indicator to your you know to your brand success and brand impact. Yeah, no, that's really useful. And um, yeah, thank you for giving me a platform to talk about art. I'll swiftly move on from that point. And um, what's the um, so just a moment ago, when we were talking about the future of the CMO and marketing as sales support, that's going to be that's going to be critical in what we believe to be some uncertain economic times facing us right now. So how do you see the evolution? What do you think marketing should be doing right now? And then what do you see as sort of like the next 30, 60, 90 as we sort of hopefully start to pull out of this a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, obviously I have an opinion and it is my opinion, not not necessarily, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what everybody should do and should follow. But, you know, one thing that this this COVID-19 crisis uh, that we're in at the moment has done is, um, You'll notice is obviously people can't go out and shoot and can't do all these these normal yeah. kind of investments in in great big um, big um, uh, brand pieces and so on. Mm-hmm. And there's been a hell of a lot more kind of user generated content. And I was mm-hmm. noticed that your anonymous guy had written about the same thing, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with that. In that, I think there there should probably be more user generated content because it's more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as so many reports say, you know, people tend to trust, you know, those um, comparison websites and and what actual yeah. people, you know, purchase of products, you know, have said rather than than, than brand sites. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, you can understand why because a brand site they'll think is a biased, you know, um, site. Therefore, we're going to go somewhere where it wouldn't be. Um, yeah. so kind of, you know, perhaps you know, leveraging and encouraging, you know, existing owners or even one, wannabe owners of whatever it might be, you know. 
you, you're you're um, you're selling to you know kind of show you know the, the dresses they bought or the watches they wear whatever it might be in in a way that you could kind of splice together some nice um, you know short uh, short sort of you know ads that that really make people feel like yeah okay so I you know I I can see how that could work for me I can see how I could yeah. live with that product and so on I think for me that's that's pretty. Uh, pretty big um you know really focusing a lot more on that, that these generator piece and the yeah. second might be also you know it's like i said having watched uh so i'm obviously quite into into um well which not obviously but i'm quite into uh, <laughs> fixing uh fixing kind of vehicles or motorcycles being yeah fixed. yeah so that'd be obvious to me because we've we've met in <laughs> in probably my favorite place in london at one point which was that um, motorcycle cafe which was fantastic yeah the bike set up in the yeah 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 it's really nice it is um but at the moment, I'm only really very good at breaking them. I'm not very good at putting them. <laughs> but, anyway, but I have ambition. Anyway, yeah. and, uh, you know, so I watch a lot of these kind of like wheeler dealer programs on TV yeah. where they buy a car and they break and fix them up. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, obviously they're, you know, you know segmented by, by ad, ad breaks and so on. And I'm sitting there yeah. thinking, wouldn't it be great if the ad breaks were shorter, right? Or even yeah. if the ad breaks aren't shorter, the ads are shorter. Yeah. And I wonder whether, you know, we're all suffering from ad fatigue and we have been suffering from ad fatigue for probably forever. You know, we move to kind of maybe 15 seconds, you know, 10 seconds, et cetera, type of, type of yeah. ad, which again, going back to what we said at the beginning, that perhaps poke some interest. Yeah. You know, it could be kind of like something happens, but you don't see the end of it. And to see the end yeah. of it, you have to jump onto a social channel or a website, yeah. either the end yeah. of that, which again, pushes people, you know, from that, you know, that, that kind of, um, mass medium so yeah audience hit into actually kind of getting a sense of well who wants to follow up you know the next step of of this of this this ad and then kind of because then it allows you to move people through that journey if they do so want um but yeah but maybe moving to kind of shorter 10 15 second type of problem i i also think with those shows in particular with an all i mean because i'm a fan of those as well and so i'm kind of um, you know, understand the persona they're, they're directed at, to use that terrible word, mm. um, um, is is that actually uh, we probably we, we probably wouldn't mind if products were placed in them, you know, and in them you see that a lot more in the US with with their shows, and you'll see like Royal Purple and various other brands heavily being promoted within the show, and it feels it feels I mean you know what's going on, but it feels much better than an ad break to me. What do you think? Yeah, I actually think it's a really good idea. You know, yeah, I mean, do away with the ad break altogether and just have yeah. actual, you know, the ads, you know, a little bit like uh, like movies do, right? You know, yeah. The ads uh, kind of, you know, spread around within the, you know, within the, within the content. program. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, yeah. it does need to be thought about differently. Because I think, um, as we know, there's, again, there's so many systems where you can, you know, record <laughs> your program, yeah. watch the ads come on, you skip through them. So, you know, yeah. you've got that, you've got the ad blocking we talked about earlier. You know, the advertising yeah. world is, if it doesn't dramatically transform itself, yeah, will really be dead. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going to say, okay, well, I'm paying a lot of money for a particular placement of this, you know, this yeah. ad, but, but people are skipping it or jumping it or, or yeah. have ad blockers that prevent it from being seen. So yeah, you know, it's going to require a hell of a lot of actual thinking and transformation in the industry um, yeah. for it to be effective, well, you know. Well, and and now that um, all, without any live productions, 
uh, all that we have left is binge watching. You know, I mean, live sport was the last bastion of like everybody's going to you're going to you know who's going to be there. They're all going to be there and they're going to be watching the ads and they're not going to skip because they can't skip because they won't have recorded it because they want to watch it live. Yeah. That's gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's it is different. And, you know, I've been harping on this for, for at least five years, if not longer, about the fact that, you know, it has to transform. It has to move with the times, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah needs to understand that, that people aren't as patient as they used to be, that, that yeah. are bombarded by more ads than they've probably ever been, uh, yeah. you know, that, that they are suffering from utter fatigue and ad blindness, <laughs> yeah. so much, you know. Um, yeah. You take all that into account, you can't then just keep, you know, you know, repeating what you've done. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, Einstein's theory of insanity, isn't it? So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but as we talk about ads and the content they're promoting sort of merging together, um, you're probably of a similar age to myself and will remember the old, was it the Kenko ads with that couple and you just watch this story unfold yeah. within yeah. an ad? Yeah. And when was the last time we saw a clever piece of advertising like that that actually engaged you in the content? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any clever ads for a long time, to be honest. Yeah. But I was yeah. thinking about that on my my walk yesterday and my isolation walk yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that exact topic, actually, was that there aren't any. And it goes back to, again, that interest piece. There, there isn't yeah. any interesting advertising anymore. It's, yeah. it's become mundane. It's become boring and again you know that, that anonymous article the guy writes about it, it becomes self-congratulatory you know that yeah. is what advertising has become it's everybody patting each other on the back on you know my ad's better than your ad agency one says to agency two but not yeah but not to the potential market to say but did it resonate with you guys you know yeah it, it, it did well it can i mean I've, again i've heard so many stories where you know teams and company you know company departments have wanted to go out and and, and get some kind of user uh, testing done some user you know and so on some yeah. user generated input and insight into into what they're trying to do and it's always one of the first things that, that the uh the, you know, the clients and the marketing departments kind of can it's all oh, no we're not going to do that so yeah can, so you're not going to ask potential customers what they think about it why not yeah. you know yeah yeah it's incredible, you know. It's incredible. So, aside from like the destruction of ads as we know them, in uh, your view of the future of marketing, have you got anything positive that you think is going to come out of all of this? I think, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we were talking earlier on about you know yeah. since all the you know the, the various wars that we've had in, in, in around yeah. the world, you know, you know, the human race always manages to kind of uh, to move on and succeed and, and adapt yeah. and develop, which is which is you know, uh, a, a great survival component of the, of the race. Um, yeah. but, but narrowing it down a little bit into into the world of advertising marketing, it, it's it's extremely positive. You know, there is going to be a vast amount of growth, or, and and obviously and change as people you know, adapt to to a, whatever the new normal might be and, and yeah. live in the new world as it may be. Um, so there's definitely potential, but and and the positiveness is those companies, those agencies, those people that that realize transformation you know is a do or die um uh, activity and yeah. you know and grasp it with both hands will do very well right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it really is you know um uh, you know kind of a an opportunity for for those with the with the willing to change and and to try and and test uh, yeah i'm glad you said that because i've actually just been this morning was writing something for one of my clients which went along a very similar way which is that uh 
there should be some optimism from this because there there is an opportunity here. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. it's opportunities. Every, every, you know, the, the, you know, I remember when I was at junior, they used to say, when something went wrong, you know, on some software and so on, it was an opportunity. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I suppose it wasn't something that went wrong, it's an opportunity to fix it. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, look at it that way. Yeah. But it is yeah. a way to look at things. Every, there are always opportunities in, in all situations, yeah. and this is just another one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ahmed, for your time. Um, uh, I'll include, you were mentioning um, the anonymous um, articles from this issue of Rockstar CMO. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, and people can find you on Twitter. I know you're not much of a tweeter, but uh, where can they find you, Ahmed? Um, LinkedIn, best place to chase me down, if I'm honest. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's probably the most the most. Popular. All right, I'll, I'll include a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy isolation in that rather lovely part of London you live in. And um, I'll look forward to speaking to you soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Splendid. Thank you, Ahmed, for that. Okay, now for the final segment of the show, and I'm delighted to welcome Robert Rose to our virtual bar. Robert is a past guest on this podcast, but if you don't know who he is, he's the chief troublemaker at the Content Advisory, the consulting arm of the Content Marketing Institute. He's my personal guru in all things content. He's the author of a number of books and a host of two fabulous podcasts, The Weekly Wrap and This Old Marketing with Joe Polizzi. If you follow Robert on Facebook or Instagram, every week he posts his Friday concoction, a cocktail to start our weekend. If you search for the hashtag Friday Concoction, you'll see what I mean. And of course, I'll include a link to it in the show notes. So, the pianist is warming up. Let's go down and meet Robert. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, well, hello, my friend. I am drinking uh, this week. We're calling it The Last Debate. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, it seems to be, you know, appropriate for the times that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful, actually, this week, a bourbon uh, mixed with an Amaro uh, and a very small, very small squeeze of lemon. Right. Hang on. Let me see if I can replicate that here. Uh, so, you, what did you say, bourbon? I've actually got some bourbon, but is, is gin okay? I've, I've, got some, I've got some gin here. I think that sounds just like a All right, hang on part. a second. I've got some gin. All right, and then uh, what did you say we put in that? Amaro, if you have any. Do I put ice in it? Uh, ice. Yes, that, that'll be a suitable replacement for the Amaro, yeah. What about tonic? Uh, fine, you can replace that with, uh, with, with the or in addition to, yeah, or with in addition to your lemon, yeah. All right, splendid. All right, so let me try this. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really nice. So what did you say that was called? Uh, well, for you, it's a gin and tonic, but ah. for me, it's Gosh, the last... Gosh, good point. <laughs> we, call it the, we call it the last debate. We call it the last debate based on the fact that uh, we're not in a really, uh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those times that we feel like everything we're doing uh, is arguing with one another. <laughs> well, yes, and that could apply at any time, couldn't it? Apart yeah. from on, yeah. on the on this podcast. Um, yeah. And now we love to be home. We'd love to be drinking these at home with our families, right? We're really enjoying that. Um, but where would you like to be drinking this? 
Oh, this week, you know, I have to tell you, I would love to be, and this will be a little bit of a suck up to your audience uh, <laughs> and to you. Um, I would love to be in London right now. I mean, uh, uh, there is nothing better than a good dark pub in the middle of London and enjoying that ambience. And I miss it a lot. I got a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the best times, one of the best times we've had cocktails was in New York, I think. Um, but uh, that's, that we shall leave that there. I can't bear those memories. Um, <laughs> but once I once I've had a few of these with you, um, uh, and this is a marketing podcast. Um, what, what would what would I leave the bar with? Uh, a, a thought from your good self. You know, I think one of the most important things these days is to have a point of view. Uh, you know, it'll be really easy for us during this time to get into a situation where we're scared to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and being scared to have an opinion is the surest way to mediocrity. So one of the things that I maybe too cutely say is that, you know, if you're going to be right for someone, you have to be willing to be wrong for someone else. And so oh, maybe this that. drink is yeah. a nice representation of that. Yeah, no, that's splendid. And uh, I, I'll try and make sure next time we speak that I have some bourbon. So I look forward to that. <laughs> Well, thank you for, for it's a, a fun end to the show this week, and I'll speak to you soon, Robert. Absolutely. Take care. Cheers. So that's it. Another episode of Rockstar CMO FM pressed and ready for your podcasting jukebox. Thank you to Ahmed and to Robert, and also to Johnny Easton, whose piano music was shared under Creative Commons license and used in that last segment. But most of all, of course, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please drop us a rating in the podcast platform of your choice or get in touch. We are at Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. And you can find all the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. I'm your host, Ian Truscott, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.